Hello and welcome to the Win Win Effect podcast with your host, Chris Ross. This is the show for anyone that wants to drive productivity and maximize potential in any industry. Let's take a moment. Have you ever wondered about the psychology behind the persuasive marketing driving you to take action, sometimes on products you never thought people would buy? Well, that's just what makes this podcast stand out from the others. On these episodes, Chris will break down proven strategies that his companies use to respectably enroll prospective students into the correct programs to achieve overall business success and fulfillment in life. You will get a rare centralized look into both sides of the buyer-seller relationships that I'm sure anyone tuning in will receive massive value from to implement instantly. There are huge quantities of informational material from companies just trying to sell products, but not many giving you the right information on how to build companies from solid foundations, focusing on customers actually winning as the outcome. The Win-Win Effect podcast is a character-based code for human interaction and collaboration in business. Time is the only non-renewable resource in life. So with this podcast, the outcome is designed to bring you value to make it worth your time. Happy Money Monday, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Win Win Effect podcast. This is Chris Ross. To catch everyone back up to speed, in our last episode, myself and Wes Bays had an in-depth conversation about the persuasive power of pacing and why we believe it's a secret weapon of sales. Future pacing allows the buyer to see things from a seller's perspective. As a salesperson, it's essential to understand that you are not selling a solution. You should be selling the potential outcome for your buyer. Remember, it's all about making this transition ethically for the buyer to achieve the desired result. If you're able to successfully execute this perfectly, you will lower more resistance from the perspective buyer, viewing you as the person of influence and the authority. As a salesperson, this takes a lot of practice. And from my experience as a sales trainer, this is where I see most salespeople try to rush the buying time frame with the buyer, assuming they have enough trust and certainty they can achieve the outcome. If you're not careful and you didn't ask enough open-ended diagnostic questions, sprinkle in the right mixture of tri closes and tie downs, you'll put yourself in a really uncomfortable situation, forcing you to lose control in the conversation. I cannot tell you how many times I've seen salespeople paint a picture of an unrealistic outcome, or even worse, open themselves up to create more confusion, resistance, and pushback without them even realizing what they're doing. And then they sit back and wonder why they're not getting a definite answer from the buyer of them saying, yes, let's move forward. The way I look at it as a salesperson, you need to bulletproof yourself and never give them a reason to say no. Because if you take the word no out of their vocabulary, Yes is the only word left. For today's episode, I decided to bring sales trainer and colleague Wes Bays back on to be able to give you what you need as a seller to bulletproof yourself with some of our proven strategies and techniques that we use to increase the overall experience of each potential buyer that we come in contact with. Before we kick this up a couple notches and dive right in, Take the time and click on the link in the description box where you will find show notes and any kind of offers that we mentioned in today's episode. 
Just to let you know, anything that we offer will be free and no charge to you. This is our way of showing our appreciation to everyone out there that tunes in for our podcast. All right, is everyone ready? Let's dive right in. Wes, welcome back. How's it going, man? Good, Chris. How you doing? I'm good. Always good. I really appreciate you taking some time to be able to help me fill in some gaps for the listeners to potentially bulletproof themselves for anything when it comes to pacing. Reflecting on our previous episode, I felt that it might be best to go this route because this is where a lot of inexperienced salespeople, or it could be just experienced salespeople, keep putting themselves in situations where it's hard for them to recover. And you know what I mean by this. It takes a lot of finesse. And some of the listeners may be thinking after listening to my intro and think this goes against normal aspirations of salespeople. The key to this situation is to make your offer so agreeable to the buyer that there's no reason they can't say no. To help me provide a little bit more clarity for the listeners, Wes, what are some things that you would like to add for my opening? Or where should we even start? Yeah, I mean, I think what you said is great. It's it's the mentality and the mindset of a salesperson. And so if, if I'm trying to get them to say yes, that automatically puts me in a state where I'm trying to convince. Right. And so the only person you should try to be convincing is yourself on why this person needs your product. Right. And not, not, you're not trying to convince them on why they need the, they need your product. So that should be established throughout your conversations by the fact that you are consulting or advising them on what they need to do. Um, looking at it from the, from the standpoint of, you know, I'm on their team and I'm trying to find out what's in the, for their or what's in their best interest, right? So the you have to flip the table a little bit and you have to look at it from the sense of how can I help this person and does this can this person receive value from me? And based off of that, you're going into the mindset of how can I make sure that I don't put this person in a position where their mind takes over and they have the ability to say no mm-hmm. right? and or they have a reason to say no. And that just comes back to you being able to plug those holes um, and, and put that whole relationship or that whole process in a position where you're the authority, you're the one obviously controlling that conversation and just leading them on the right path. I couldn't agree anymore. You pace first and then you lead, but you lead with the pace that you establish with your buyer. That way you don't lose too much control. You have to be conscious of the fact of what the buyer is potentially going through as well. The pace that you establish with them is done by temp checks or even trial closes. And this is where it takes a lot of finesse, because if you're not careful, you will lower the rapport level, putting the buyer in an uncomfortable situation because humans are wired to avoid negative experiences. And for many of the buyers, saying no is a negative experience for them. You got to keep in perspective that this is the part of the journey or the stages or the sales process that you've already established rapport. You've already established a need or a want and desire from that perspective buyer. You're starting to communicate with them in a bigger picture and you're hoping that they start working with you and seeing you as a person of influence or a person that they can trust that can lead them to that desired outcome. I mean, some of the buyers, it's hard for them to be able to be open enough to tell the buyer or tell the seller they're not ready to move forward. And this is exactly why that I'm excited for today's episode and especially with you is to get your perspective on this. What's some advice that you would give a seller in this type of situation? Yeah. the Here's the thing is what I've realized a lot is that most people are searching for acceptance. Right? They're searching for acceptance from their buyer instead of looking at what do they, what do their buyer actually need 
and how can they put them in a position to win, right? The only thing that should matter to the salesperson is the outcome of that buyer, right? Right. You should one, and I know we talked about this before is you as a salesperson, you can't be attached to the outcome for one. You just have to, you just have to do what's best for the client and, 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 you know, go through your process that way, but you need to be able to work with your client so that they're attached to the outcome. And so you have to be, you can't be the person who is looking for them to like you. I could, I couldn't care less if somebody likes me or not. Did I get the job done? Did I actually deliver what they needed so that they could be on the right path and make the best decision possible? Mm -hmm. That's the only thing I care about. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get you there, even if that means you can't stand me by the end of it. Right. And so the first thing is letting go of that, you know, searching for acceptance and, you know, wishing and hoping that this person will, will like you enough to buy. That's a recipe for disaster. Right. So when I have a person like that, the first thing I'm, I'm talking to them about is, you know, my first question is, why do you think that this person is going to buy? You're in that position where you are searching for that acceptance or trying to convince the buyer, right? I'm looking for that piece because that happens a lot with salespeople. What I'm looking for is, can you establish control, authority, and power within that relationship, within that conversation, so that the so that you know what the outcome is going to be for that buyer, that you know what you are going to do or what you're going to have that buyer do. So if you're not if you're not in if you're not in that kind of rapport with the client and you don't have that kind of authority within with the client to where they're going to do whatever you recommend them to do, you haven't done your job and you haven't had the right to ask for the sale yet. You're overall failing them. Exactly. You're not approaching this with the outcome in mind of them winning. Yeah, if they buy one of your products or services or or decide to move forward with you, I can give a shit if they buy or not because I'm not you know just like us. I'm not emotionally attached to that sale. I was trying to communicate with a, a really hard ass one time and, and not to talk over you here. I just got really excited. You triggered something. Also, you want to be with every prospective buyer that you have a, a chance to work with, an opportunity to work with. They're coming to you for help. But maybe they been led down a path and they really need to plug in some type of solution to their outcome. They don't think that they can actually win. I try to communicate with a buyer and this one buyer particularly was being a real hard ass with me and a real abrasive on the phone. You obviously would drive our personality, myself and him. What did I have to do? I had to be able to remove the frame a little bit, step away from it and come at him indirectly and making it his own idea. And how was it basically able to do that? I said, John, I really didn't expect for this call to go away. It has so far. Is it okay for you for me to take a little time to figure out what would be the best possible way for us to achieve the outcome that we're both looking for? Because here's the thing, the way the outcome that I see it going right now is that we're both not going to be happy. I understand what you're trying to say to me, but if it's okay for you, if you can give me 20, 30 seconds to reestablish, what would be the best way to move forward? John, does that sound reasonable? And then I wait for his response. I'm now removing the frame. You see what I'm saying? Like sometimes you need to be able to change someone's emotional state. Now what I'm going to try to do is I always set it out in my own mind is I want to be able to have them and see me as a tool to be able to fix whatever the problem is. But I can't fix their problem with them not being able to expose and communicate with me. So I need to create an experience or create an environment which is safe and they feel it's, they can be as open as much as possible for me to be able to know exactly what the situation is. You can't do that without you know, really understanding or really having the intention in the back of your mind, like I need to have this person win for me to win. Right. Exactly. 
Also, with every prospective buyer, I want to be firm, fair, and consistent as I go through that process. With this podcast and obviously the information that we share here, I probably sound a little bit more chatty. But what's so funny, Wes, is that we're both we're very similar when we get on a phone with a student or we're selling a company, whatever we're doing. We don't really talk that much, Wes. No. <laughs> probably a lot of people that we do business with, they probably get on and like, God damn, they talk, they talk a lot on there. They don't ever talk to me because it's not really serving the outcome we're searching for, is it? No, because it's not about me. Right. It's not about me. It's about you, man. I'm trying to help you get to an outcome. If you tell me the outcome is the best to have a, a great relationship, then I'm going to have to reevaluate the time and effort that I put into that relationship. <laughs> is it is it my best interest? Does that make sense? I hope that. All right, well, I mean, but that that's exactly, I mean, that makes sense. That's exactly what we're talking about here first, you know, is when you're, when you're going into that sales call or when you're establishing that relationship with the client, for any of this to work, for one, you have to get the commitment for them to commit. Right. Right. So, and, and I don't, I'm not talking about them purchasing or buying something or whatever it is. I'm talking about them actually committing to being there with you to find out the best solution for them, right? Or the best outcome for them. And then they're going to commit to the path. Once they commit to the path, whatever you're selling is just part of it. Okay. It's not, it's not the, the focus. Once you make whatever you're selling the focus, just know that now you've opened yourself up for objections. You've, you've opened a lot of gaps for them to say no. So the first thing is get them to commit to uh, get them to commit to commit right to to the process in, the, in which they're going to go through with you and see if they're serious. That's my first conversation with somebody. How committed are you? And I think I'll say the word committed like 32 times in five minutes right when I'm talking to somebody because that's what I care about. I'm not going to waste my time with you. And again, you know, look at the, the attitude or the mindset. I'm not going to waste my time with you. If you're not serious about helping yourself, right? Once I've established that you actually are, you know, here to help yourself, now I'm in a position where I can help you, and I'm going to make it clear about why my position is to help you and how I'm going to do so, and I'm going to set the expectation and the path. I'm going to give you the roadmap to how we're going to get it done, and none of that has to do with the product that you're going to purchase. I don't care if you're selling something for twenty bucks or something, selling something for two million dollars. It's the same thing. Once they're committed to that journey. Now they're more inclined to listen to you and you can start the process of closing up every gap for them, for them to say no. So I hope, that, I hope that makes sense. But again, don't focus on the end of them saying yes to your product. Focus on setting the right stage for them to be able to be comfortable saying yes throughout that whole process and, and close the gap so that they don't say no. You mentioned something that was so important is that you say commitment a lot on the phone. And you dropping the word commitment at that very early stage of dealing with a prospective buyer, how much do you think that influences them to take action or take ownership within themselves? Oh, it's, it's huge. I mean, it's the psycho- psychologically there as I'm constantly ca- talking about commitment. doesn't matter what I'm talking about. Whatever it is that they're committing to, they're, they're naturally just starting to commit more and more to the process, which inevitably is going gonna, is gonna to lead to them being committed to whatever recommendation I give them. Because people could tell me anything they want to tell me on the phone. I try to create that type of environment. But the only way for you to do that is they need to feel that they're not being judged. And you're not trying to be critical of them as a person, as a whole, as a company, as a whatever. People can tell me anything they want to tell me, but they won't tell me that they don't have the enough resources and they won't tell me they have enough time and they won't tell me they don't like my product and service. I'll tell you that. But they can tell me they don't like me or whatever. But what my job is on that phone is not to fail them. And my job is to be able to to be able to serve them properly 
And as long as it's aligned with the moral, my moral obligation and what I need to do with them, they're not going to tell me that they can't do something. <laughs> and that goes into with my limiting belief. And I, and I can't tell you how many people that I, or companies for that matter, that I come in contact with that they say, yeah, we get them to a certain point and they just fall off. I said, what do you mean fall off? In your process? They're like, yeah, we get them to like that, the buying decision and they go away. I said, what do you think happens? Me being a sales trainer, and I know that this is a conversation that we've had on a numerous occasions by ourselves. I try to train sales team is to be able to bait them with the word no. Like I'm trying to bait clients. I want you to tell me, I want you to say no as soon as possible in that process. I, I mean, I don't know if you do something similar, yeah. but this is, this is how you prevent getting, spending all the time it takes to send them an email, have the opening call where you discovered more about them, then you qualify them, and then you're moving through the process. And then you get them to a buying decision and then you get an email like, hey, can you call me back? Well, I'll call you back next week. I'll send you an ex- I'll send you an email and get back to you. Hey, I'll follow up with you, you know, a couple of weeks. I mean, sorry, and or they do a book a call with you. Like, hey, I'm sorry I had to cancel last minute. I'll get back to you in a better time. I'm trying to prevent all this bullshit happening. So I'd much rather right. spend an extra five minutes on the phone and be like, listen, if we decide to move forward, and here's some things that I do accept, and there's things that I will not accept. Right. Right. That commitment, that's why I wanted to talk about it just for a second. With you actually vocalizing commitment, the word commitment, it shows how much you're able to kind of figure out with your own mind, who should I spend time with? Who should I not? Right. Well, exactly. Because commitment, no action will ever happen without commitment. And if it does, it's usually going to, there's going to be some backlash from it. Right. So you need to establish that, which then also leads us and from what, also from what you're talking about, Chris, is, is in the control. You know, one thing that I've learned to do as long as the process allows is that I'm going to control every step of that, of that buying process, which means that everything that I can from their emotions to their expectations, to the, their finances, every step of that, that they could potentially have control over that will give them the ability to say no, I'm looking to control as much as I possibly can. Because that is, that's going to d- decrease the probability of them being able to then tell me no. Right. So that, that's a huge part of it is how much can you control that process? And so when I'm working with a client, because of the way that I come across you know, as far as, you know, how I'm going to help them, I'm putting myself in that authority position where, where they understand that I'm going to give them recommendations based off of what they need, which is why it's essential for me to establish their commitment level. Because in order for me to establish that type of control, I need that type of commitment on their end. Because if I can't, I will lose that control if, if they don't have that level of commitment. So I'm going to harp on that. I'm going to talk about that over and over and over again on that first call, second call, third call, I'm constantly going to bring it back to that con- to that commitment because that's the anchor. Right. Once I've anchored that down, now I can I can pretty much do whatever I want because I've established trust, I've established credibility and authority. So now I'm going to make sure that my process, I'm filling in the gaps to where I can control every part of where they might say no so that then I can force I can force a commitment into the outcome as long as they're in the right mindset to be able to carry that forward. I never want to force a sale. So I'm not trying to say you got to force the sale. You have to force them out of their own minds and force the commitment, right? As long as they're going to keep it going. But if somebody, if you're always though having, the other side of that is if you're always having 
to get them to commit, then you have a bigger problem, right? But just for from human behavior, you have to keep them on track with their commitment. So controlling as much as you can of that and keeping them on track is is essential. So that's that would be my my biggest recommendation is figure out how can you establish that control through commitment. You're touching on some really good points. I hope the listeners out there are grasping the idea and understanding. We're doing this in a way to help them rewire their decision-making process. For many of the buyers, that's the main problem that they had before meeting you and potentially why they made poor decisions before. When it comes to negotiating, please understand this. Person with the power has the control. Power and force is two different things. Like forcing someone is done is is making them making someone do something they don't want to do. Okay? Power is done through influence. And you can't negotiate without any power. I'm telling you that right now. Right. If you try to approach a situation, you can't force someone to do something they don't want to do. You're going to get a lot of buyer remorse. It's not worth the time and effort. I'm telling you, if you're salespeople out there and you're trying to just make a buck, I'm telling you, it's not worth it. That's why you keep jumping from company to company. That's why. Right. I've met a lot of talented salespeople right. that they're stuck in that never-ending cycle of selling for someone else. And they're looking at me wondering, Wes, like, how the hell has he got so many businesses now? This is what he's doing. You know, because... I don't want to force someone. I'm going to use my power and my power is my value. How well am I able to sit down and really analyze the situation? And based off of me analyzing that situation, their situation, not mine, right. and the commitment level for them, I know that they, they really want to make this happen. So with that commitment, I know that they're really committed to this. I'm going to do everything in my power to help them. Right. Well, exactly. Exactly. Because you can, you never, you can never force a sale. I mean, you can, but like I said, there's always going to be backlash. There's always going to be something negative that's going to come back. Because you, you'll never come back and tell me that I put you into a situation where now, now you're in a bad place. Right. You're never going to blame it on me because I'm going to make sure that that's never going to happen. And by doing that, so when I'm forcing commitment, that means I'm trying to get them into a state of mind where they're completely committed to themselves and to this process. Right. That's but if if by the end of it, and and I know we do this, uh, you and I both do this a lot. If by the end of it, they're still not completely committed, they won't be getting an offer to to purchase anything from me or to invest anything with me, right? because I won't allow that to happen. Even though I could, right? I could easily take their money. I could do all that. I never would because I know what's going to happen on the other other side of that. And so it's important that you understand that you have to you have to get your client to a point where they are so committed to their own you know outcome whatever that is doesn't matter what industry you're in that they are going to take the necessary actions but you just have to keep reinforcing the commitment so that they keep understanding what they're doing moving forward but also then putting a process in place that allows them to carry that forward after the sale because it can't if it ends at the sale then you doesn't matter how much work you've done you're going to get some buyer's remorse but you have to be able to empower them. And this is where, you know, you said it, Chris, you have to empower them to be able to then carry that forward. And if your client can't do that, it doesn't matter what it, what you're selling, then you're you're not you're going to have a hard time with the backlash that you're going to get from those clients. Agreed. Completely agree. I see a lot of people sometimes they're so caught up into that in their own head and they get in their own way. Well, they're not gonna really want to do that. They don't have the money, they don't have the time, they don't they're you're <laughs> you're making it okay. For them to tell you no. Right. And then you're accepting that shit. When people, some, you're going to have to kick and scream, man. 
and tell me the reasons why. You're going to have to convince me because the sales made on every call. Either they sell you on the reasons why they shouldn't do it or you sell them the reasons why they should. It's that simple. People, they, they, come, they make it so complex and they have these sales, their pipelines that no one ever closes. If they, they either have two things that happen with, and I've, we, we both seen this even within our own sales teams, you know, before either they started the program and they bought, or they got to the program, had a conversation with the sales team and they didn't move forward. Right. What that tells me is that they don't do, they didn't do a lot of the things that we're talking about right now. And they're not going to get a definite answer from them. They don't understand the commitment level, why it's so important. They go into the never, you know, no sale island. Right. No sale island, man. That's a big motherfucking island. I'm telling that right now because that's the whole island of, I'll call you back later. I'll send you an email next week. I'll talk to my wife. I'll talk to my cat. I'll talk to the tooth fairy. Hey, I'll follow up with you, you know, whenever I have the financial funds to be able to make this happen. Sorry, I had to cancel. Right. They're full with those people. But the people that I have around me with are make it happen type of people. And that's what I project. And that's what I actually receive. I'm not going to accept someone telling me they can't do something. Why? Because I'm going to convince them on reasons why they can do it and will do it, it with my help. That's value. That's power. Power is influence. We talked about it, right? Everything that I do and everything I'm about, and I know that this calls about you know bulletproofing yourself from hearing the words no. You and me, we both do this. I use a lot of negative reverse selling because this is where I call people out on their bullshit. And I use a lot of this when I get to a certain point or a certain stage of the sales process because now you're about to make a fool out of me if you don't move forward. I mean, do you have similar feelings? Absolutely. I mean, th- you said you know two critical things there, but you know, talking about bulletproofing yourself. Yeah, I want to talk about that just for a minute and. How do you really bulletproof yourself and, and your sales process? Because the one thing that, that I've always, the one thing I can't stand is that I, if I ever allow a gap in my process that I could have controlled, again, I'm going to go back to that controlled to where I wouldn't have received that objection or that no. And being able to control that piece is extremely important. So the the negative selling, here's, here's how I break it down in, you know, for myself. And that is that, I'm going to control every step of that process to where they can't tell me no based off of their financials, right? Their position, their resources, things along those lines. When all of that is in place and I'm still getting a no, then I'm going to turn into negative selling, right? Now I'm going to take it away. Right. Right. So you're you're not the right person for this. You don't seem to be tell me tell me why you are the right person for this. Cause right now I'm not seeing it. I don't based off of what everything that you've told me. And, and you, we can, you can tell people this straight to their face. You've told me all the right things. You've told me yes when, when we've talked about this. I've, I've clearly seen that you have the resources. Everything makes sense. But yet you still tell me you can't do it. On, on paper, it looks like you're the right fit for this. As I'm talking to you, I'm starting to feel like you're not. And so tell me why you feel like you are. Or just tell me straightforward. Why, why are you backing out? What is it that's actually stopping you from doing this? Right? And, and, and from there... If, if, then you can keep digging. I, Right. Once they expose something, and I don't mean to talk over you here, I got so excited when you said that because right when they expose something and they share something with you, you're giving me an angle. Right. And when they give me an angle, now you now you've exposed something to me. You shared something with me that's preventing you from moving forward. And then I start asking more questions. Has that something that is that something that you've always went to? Right. 
Is that something is you feel that is always preventing you from moving forward? Why? Exactly. Now I can start figuring out, okay, what do I, what do I need to do with this prospective buyer to have them understand that they can achieve it if they remove that component? Right. Right. Exactly. You have to be, you have to be like, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to tell people. You have to be a detective, which, which means that you can't slip the details. So if from the beginning of your conversation, this is where anchoring comes in. You have to anchor, which means that when, from the beginning of your conversation, you're going to establish everything that they may end up saying no to at the end, or they may use as excuses, right? You're going to dig into what has stopped them in the past, what, what are, and then get them to commit to not doing those things and commit to moving forward. This is why commitment is so good because at the end, when they're trying to use those same things, you've already headed those off. If they're trying to use those same things, you're going to get come back to the point in which you had talked about why they usually say no and don't move forward with certain things, how it makes them feel, and what the result is going to end up being for them. And you could tell them straightforward, right now, you're not the right person for this. And you're going straight back to when we had our first conversation, you told me that you're going to commit to not saying no because of X, Y, and Z. And now you are. So one of two things is about to happen. Either this is probably going to be our last conversation, or you're about to give me, an, to give me a real reason why you can't actually do this. You know, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move forward with it that way. It's, you have to, this is why, I mean, that's why sales is so great because you can control all of these things, but if you don't anchor from right from the beginning and set the right expectations you're done. and control everything that you can, you're done because now you're going to fall into the bullshit trap, right? I'm going to, I can bullshit you all day long and tell you exactly if you didn't control the money, I'm going to blame it on the money. If you didn't control, if, if, if I can't see where your money actually is and that you have the funds, you can use that against mm -hmm. me, right? If, if I can't control the, you know, your mindset and the way that you usually make decisions, you can use that against me. You let you have to, and and this is for any. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. It could be a real estate, financial, financial services, programs, educational program, anything that you're in. It could be a car salesman. It doesn't matter. You, the one thing that you, that all of them have in common, that what you have to do is you have to control every part of what that potential objection could be from the buyer, and it goes on a physical, mental, and emotional level. Break all those things down and and fill. That's where when we're talking about filling the gaps, that's where you're filling the gaps is on every potential thing that person could tell you that could BS you that, that will stop you from being able to move forward. And the ones that are usually common are mindset and money. Right. And if you can control those two, especially you're, you're good. You're golden. This will help I mean using, I like to use a negative sale because it aligns in with the accountability side with me. I get them on a call for the first time. I'm establishing a need to want and a desire to move forward. And then I make it worth my time. And then I'm going to hold them accountable now to the next piece. After you go through these stages or steps or whatever they go through, I don't give a shit if you're selling door to door or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. I'm going to hold you accountable to what you tell me now. And then I'm going to be able to make a decision moving forward. This will help you direct a conversation and test your prospects resolve. I mean, it's done by asking questions and making statements that are contrary to the goal of closing the sale. So if you remove the frame for a second and let's flip the table, this is how you flip the table. I could flip it on anyone. Potential customers will have concerns. They're always going to have objections, even if they vocalize them or not. And they're always going to have questions. Over the years, Wes, I've watched you really not have a lot of people come to me with concerns, objections, and questions. Why do you think that is? I've controlled every part of that, of that emotional process. Okay. If you control those three things and being able to Focus on their concerns indirectly or directly 
Same thing with objections and same thing with questions. What is the one thing that they're going to have? Clarity. What does clarity do? Uh, It will actually give them a a belief. Now they're instilled with a belief that they can make something happen. And then going through the journey, you're going to turn that belief into a strong conviction now that they can accomplish it with whatever the product or service or whatever it is. Sales reps, and I want y'all to listen very closely because I think we're sharing with you a lot of information that you're going to need to go back and listen to this over and over. Sales reps, you need to push past every concern, every objection, and every question to get a sale and to make it stick. But it's not about getting a sale. It's about being able to not fail your buyer. Don't fail your buyer. That's what they're signing up for. That's when you knock on someone's door and they open the door, they automatically are trusting you so they can open up the door. <laughs> Do you see my point? Right. Absolutely. And that's actually, and I want to take what you said, Chris, with clarity, just, just one step further, if, if I may. Please. Um, and when we talk about clarity, we, we people think about clarity of the present, right? Of what that person, you know, wants in the present. When we're talking about clarity, we're talking about past, present, and future clarity. So what does that mean? When I'm talking to to a buyer or a client, I'm going to first talk about the past, which is what's happened before, their experiences, helping them understand why, especially how people get hung up on this. You know, the person had a bad experience with someone like me in the past. That's like the most beautiful thing I could ever hear in my entire life. I would love someone for someone to have a horrible experience with somebody else, you know, because what ends up happening is then I'm going to give them clarity on exactly why that happened. And what could have been done differently? I'm going to educate them there, right? That's clarity on the past and why something happened. Present is what's going to happen now. What's the expectation here? And what is it that will ideally get them to then the future, which then I'm going to future pace and we're going to get clarity on the future. Because once I tie that future into the present, now we have completely formed, I'm going to call it a clarity tree. I'm just making that up at this point. <laughs> Sounds but good. A clarity tree, you know. Right. Maybe I should coin it, but a clarity tree to where now they understand exactly what they're doing, why they're doing it. Okay. And there's no other way around it. And now that's where you gain that commitment. Once you've gained that commitment, they don't care about money. They don't care about, it's not all about their emotions. It's not all about whatever bullshit excuse they're going to give you. Now you're going to get them on your side, seeing from your lens so that they can start working objectively, keyword objectively towards their outcome. And that's when you can fill in every single gap and ensure that no single, you know, piece of, you know, no financials, no emotions, no anything is going to stand in their way of getting to their ideal outcome. For the listeners out there, how many of you are enjoying this conversation? Do you feel it's providing you enough clarity to be able to implement some of the techniques and skills that we're using for you to be bulletproof when it comes to working with your prospective buyers? Since launching the Win-Win Effect podcast, my team and I have been overwhelmed by all the warm messages we are receiving from our listeners. I cannot tell you how important it is for myself, Wes, and my team to bring you so much value each and every week with these episodes. Just like in my other businesses, I try to always focus on how to increase the overall experience of the customer at all times. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that we're making an impact with a lot of the listeners out there, which brings myself, Wes, and my team so much fulfillment and joy. 
to show our appreciation, here's what we're going to do moving forward with the episodes of the Win-Win Effect podcast. Each episode, we are going to be dedicated to be able to break down what we share with you in smaller increments for you to be able to easily consume and implement to receive a massive amount of value to for you to be able to see radical transformation in your sales process. How many of you out there would be able to implement some of these proven strategies easier that way? So here's what I'm going to need from you to make sure we're making more of an impact. My team will be sharing links for you to be able to fill out a questionnaire about what you learn on each episode and how you can implement it. This gives me more information on how I'm able to be able to cultivate the right approach for you. So how does that sound? Do you feel that that can help you make more of an impact with your current situation? Great. All you have to do is go to the description box, fill out the questionnaire, and my team will be able to break down that information, share it with myself and Wes for us to be able to close the gap with you to help you succeed. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate every person tuning in for each episode, and I look forward to reading your feedback. So as always, ask yourself, how can you get a little bit better each day? That 1%. Keep moving, keep growing, keep learning. Let's go with our day. Take care. Thank you for taking your time and listening to today's podcast of The Win-Win Effect. As a thank you for listening and tuning in, Chris is rewarding you with a placement course webinar with his team to point you in the right direction to massive success. In success, it's all about living a better quality of life. So at the very least, subscribe to the Win-Win Effect podcast so you don't miss the next episode. Feel free to share on your social media or simply tell a friend about it. Also, please rate and review the podcast. To find the free webinar and more information, please visit tcrconsultingagency.com.